Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, summer is officially upon us, and I have just finished teaching an incredible training, an eight-day master practitioner training. And this week's episode, I'm so excited to share with you all, because a few weeks ago, I had the honor of having an open and honest conversation with Nick Broadhurst, who is an incredible musician, influencer, and entrepreneur. He is the life partner of the gorgeous Melissa Ampresini, who I interviewed last year on this podcast. And he just released his highly anticipated new single, Inner Love, which is a beautiful, soulful and, um, and, and conscious expanding single. And we had the opportunity to chat about everything. We talked about efficiency. We talked about his entrepreneurial journey. We talked about the importance of the voice through healing and so many other incredible elements. So it was an absolute pleasure to chat with Nick. And I know you're going to love this week's episode. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever. And a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories to tune into, tune in to Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. So I am absolutely honored to be sitting down here today having an authentic and open chat with the amazing Nick Broadhurst. And I can't wait to share his insights and his story with you all this afternoon. How are you feeling today, Nick? How's your day been so far? I um, look. Thanks for having me. First of all, I just did a walk with my wife um, along the main beach of Noosa and had a swim, and um, I'm feeling amazing actually. So I can't complain. Aww, it's it's a beautiful life that you've created and very inspirational. And I know that uh, I want to pick your brains about a lot of things so that all, all my listeners can benefit from from some of the incredible things that you've learned. And in researching a bit about you in preparation for this interview, actually, I discovered that you went to Awesomeness Fest actually quite some time ago. And that was one of the sort of pivotal things that I went to back in 2014. Which one did you go to? Yeah, they're so much fun. I went to 2011 in Hawaii and then I was a speaker at the 2012 um, in Mexico. Ah, amazing. Yeah, oh, they're so good. Really amazing. Yeah, I went to the one in, in Mexico that was in 2014 and as soon as I got back, I handed in my resignation to the corporate world and, and the rest is history. So wow. you've had a, a, a really interesting path. I know that you've been in music, you then went into real estate and the corporate world and now you're you really, you're, you're almost like a serial entrepreneur. You've got your, your hand in so many different projects. Um, so maybe just for the listeners that didn't know about your background, share a bit about what happened for you in the transition from music to real estate to the corporate world and then where you're at now. Yeah, so my story is quite interesting because I had a really successful musical career. I was one of the founding members of a band called Sneaky Sound System, which you may remember in Australia was very big, still going today. But at the time, you know, we grew that to one of the biggest, if not the biggest group in the country at that time. And so from outside looking in, it certainly looked like I was in an incredible place. And 
you know, I was in many respects, but that wasn't really like, I was the youngest in the band. It wasn't really my baby, you know? Mm. And at that time I actually had a baby. Well, I didn't, but my my ex-wife did. Mm -hmm. And he was born and we were touring a lot and I wanted to be home. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I need to get myself a real job. And, you know, it's crazy that you even think that a real job means you have to be a slave to some, someone else. Um, but that's what I did. So I just picked real estate because I enjoyed it. I thought it was something that I could really make whatever money I wanted to make as long as I applied myself. And I worked my way up and within uh, four years or five years, I had got myself to a position of being awarded top agent in Australia. And I had an average sale price of $7 million and I was you know, doing extremely well. But that all came at a huge cost because I was working six days a week. I was never really present when I was at home. You know, I would be playing with my son, but I wasn't really there. Um, I'd be playing cricket with one hand on the phone, listening, you know, and talking to a client while bowling and him trying to get my attention. It was just not a very pleasant existence for, for him or for me. And as a result of that push and a whole bunch of stress that came about from that marriage actually breaking down, I wound up in hospital and uh, life-threatening condition of meningitis, which kicked off a three-year healing journey for me. I was essentially bedridden for you know a lot of that time. And so I was sort of forced into a position of, well, I can't do what I was doing. I can't be out and about. I need to find a way to, to, to change this. So as I was seeking for something new, I found just by chance, I saw this book called Make Money While You Sleep, I think it was called. <laughs> and it was just, you know, just one of those little moments. And I started reading this book about this thing called affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, like I can promote other people's products and get paid. And they would just come to my site and buy it and I'll just make heaps of money. Let's do it. So I launched myself into this online marketing world thinking, you know, I'd found the answer, but nothing really comes that easily. You know, you have to, you have to earn it. So I launched a whole bunch of different businesses online and some failed and then some succeeded. And as a result, I had this wealth of knowledge from internet marketing. Um, And around that time, I also decided to produce and executive produce a feature film, ended up raising seven and a half million dollars for this film, which actually just came out called The Portal and started a a career as a a film producer. Um, So by this time, I had this really diverse skill set. And that was around the time in 2000 and uh, late 2013, I met my now wife, Melissa Ambrosini, who at the time was just really a hobby blogger. You know, she had a really um, loyal following, but wasn't doing much with it. But I had all these skills. So when we came together, it was this like perfect um, union in so many ways, but also from business sense. And I was able to apply my skills to a really, you know, engaged and loyal following. And together we built a fantastic, you know, seven figure per year business for Melissa. So um, that's been the whole internet marketing space but I have obviously branched out into lots of different things and now back into my music um, as of 2015 mm. and, sorry. you know, playing. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. I've, I've just had about 20 questions come up while you're talking. I think, yeah, we could have 
few hours of interview here, but <laughs> how how did you step back from all of that doing and and go back into your music, which is really that that creative you know, immeasurable space compared to, say, a world where you can see numbers and statistics and tick things off. How do you find that crossing that bridge into the creative world? You know, I find with being creative, there's only one thing that nurtures that creativity and actually makes it happen. And that is just sitting your butt down and doing it. There's just no other way it's going to happen. And for me, I had incredible resistance um, to doing my own music because I came from a band and we'd had success and I didn't really want to be compared because my music was very different. And so I spent, you know, probably all of 2013, for example, I just picked up piano for the first time. I just started singing for the first time and I was discovering who I was as an artist. And after about 12 months of doing that, I wrote this song. It came to me literally in five minutes called little lover. And the minute I wrote that song, I knew I'd found my sound, so to speak. I knew that was going to be my first single, which it was, and it's still my biggest song to this day. And the the transition from being in that very headspace to more of a heart creative space, to be honest, for me, it came down to being very disciplined and just making space for it. But the thing was, I still had resistance. It was still a battle. I still had some elements of self-worth around my own music. And I got to a point where that feeling of not putting it out was so intensely painful that it overcame any resistance I had to actually doing it. Mm. You know, like the, the resistance was so strong, but the pain was so strong. And I thought, I can't live like this anymore. I have to do this. And starting with, I mean, music is such a challenging career because it's the barriers to entry now are so low. Anyone can put a song on Spotify and iTunes, you know, so it's flooded out there with great music. So you have to be exceptional at what you're doing to break above the noise. So, you know, it's an interesting career to to choose, but for me, it was the only one, you know, it's the only thing I ever wanted to really do. Mm. And I, I suppose it sounds as though you took that time to step back and focus on the business and, you know, the marketing and the internet side of things, and then to come back to it, what did you notice, you know, from the gap that you had, what was different aside from the resistance that you had due to that time apart, what did you notice about yourself when you came back into it? Into music? Mm. I, I think for me, I, I felt like I was rediscovering who I was as a person. Yeah. And probably more important would be as a man. Mm. Because I didn't really know what it meant to be a man in this world. I didn't really have, I had a great model and a father, but it was very traditional. You know, father, dad goes to work, mom stays home. Nothing wrong with that, but it was a very traditional model. Um, And I was sort of subscribing very much to that. And I just sort of felt, especially in my first marriage, I felt like, okay, I need to go out. I need to bring home the, the bacon, so to speak. And you know, I need to be that person and have a big mortgage and white picket fence and two BMWs. And, you know, I thought that was what I had to do. I didn't understand the importance of embracing the feminine component to me. And that feminine side of me was my creative side. That's more softer flowing side to myself. I had been pushing down to achieve in a masculine world. And what I noticed when I came back to my creative space was I was becoming more whole as a person because I was 
on a daily basis embracing the polarity of the masculine and the feminine within myself. So for me, it was really a, it was a journey of self-discovery and one I'm very, very grateful for. Mm. It's, it's so beautiful. You sharing this side of you as well. And I think, you know, hearing men sing, there's such a scope of different male voices out there as well. And your, um, your style is so unique and it's so like kind of raw as well. And I feel like it's, uh, I don't know what your what your intention is behind your music, but for me, it's like there's messages within the words, but it's really about, you know, what I noticed when I started listening to it is that it just got you so present. And mm. I was curious, like, what was your intention when, say, you were making Little Lover, when you're making, um, you know, when you're making your music, who are you thinking of that's listening to it? To be honest, I'm really writing for me mm. because as a human, I'm experiencing life the way that everyone else is. Of course, it's a different experience, but it's still going through the range of emotions we all have access to. And a song like Little Lover, I was dreaming of having my soulmate one day, you know, and I was singing to that person who I hadn't met at that point. And now obviously I have in Melissa, but, um, and, and to some extent, I think the song may have called her in, you know, mm. um, one of the first things I did to Melissa was I actually, before the song had even come out, I actually sung it to her in our living room on our first date, actually. Um, and so for me, the lyrics are always about something that's happening in my life, but I always make somewhat of a attempt to make sure that it's universal because it's never too literal. Like some songs are a bit more literal, so it's a bit more personal to me, but the ones are a bit more universal and slightly ambiguous allow people to interpret it for themselves and they're the ones which always actually are more successful because the individual can actually make what they want to make of it mm, definitely definitely and so you know you you've got this beautiful balance between your masculine and feminine and, and so i do for our listeners want to ask you about some of your 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 i guess daily rituals and your daily non-negotiables that you have that really have helped you to create this this dream life that you're living uh, because a lot of people listening to this, they're wanting to make change. They're, they're maybe a bit afraid of stepping out or they're out of balance within that masculine feminine. So what are some of the sort of to daily things or daily elements that you would recommend that people really focus in on to give them the, the courage to take those steps forward in their life? Well, I want to preface it by saying, <clears throat> excuse me. I want to preface it by saying that it's very easy when you have career that's a public career that people think that maybe everything's perfect mm. you know there's the, the whole existence say for militia and i is just rainbows and butterflies and i think it's really important to point out that no matter what life or lifestyle you create for yourself you still are faced with the same challenges they're just different yeah. and the big difference is that when you have the space and the freedom to live the sort of lifestyle we have created for ourselves it's kind of no excuse. Like you really have the space to do the inner work, to do the deep work, but we still slip up. I, on the weekend, I was an absolute jerk to my wife. You know, like I, I was tired. There was a party in our Bondi home because we lived between Bondi and Noosa and there was this random party out of nowhere, which was playing music until like two in the morning and, you know, incredibly loud and we didn't sleep well. I woke up tired. I was snappy. I said some things I shouldn't have said and, you know, we slip up. And it's the same for 
Well, the good thing is now, I must say, is that we pivot much more quickly. You know, it might be an hour or two where we're annoyed at each other, but it tends to, you know, we can resolve it. We have the awareness now to stop and just say, you know what? I'm really sorry that I treated like that. It's not okay. Um, can we, you know, can we move on? And I, I won't do that. Whatever it is we say to each other. Um, but the same goes for morning routines and nighttime routines and anything that it is to, that gets you into a state of flow. For me, first of all, with the physical body, it's really important to maintain really good health mm. because I've been there without my health and it sucks. You know, life is just so hard when you don't have energy or if you're depressed or if you're overweight or whatever it is that anyone is, is struggling with, it's not fun. So I think we want to do things that keep our body, it almost treat our bodies like elite athletes. Give yourself permission to treat yourself like an elite athlete would. Invest that time in your physical body. Now, we are more than that. We are body, mind, spirit, soul, of course, but the body is very important because it's what we drag around every day. Mm. So first of all, sleep. Sleep is the lowest hanging fruit. It's something we all do, whether we like it or not. We all have to do it. And I personally, I love my sleep time and we have a very strict routine. You know, we are in bed by eight usually and asleep by 8.30, sometimes asleep by eight, sometimes asleep by quarter to eight. And then we naturally wake up with nature, 4.30, 5 o'clock and we're moving, we are tuned in with the cycles of nature. That is the most important thing to do off the bat is to dial your sleep in. And for anyone who thinks, you know what, I'm just, I, I get those second winds and I'm much better at night. It's not true. I can blow that myth out of the water for you right now. The reason you get that second wind is because your body moves into a, a different cycle. It's a cycle where you're supposed to be digesting and assimilating nutrients, not actually awake. Mm. So your body perks up if you're still awake and that's where the second wind comes from, but it's not good for you. So we want to be making sure that we're definitely asleep before 10 o'clock and definitely awake before six. Right. So such a basic thing, but so powerful. And so few people do it, to be honest. Um, when I wake up in the mornings, the first thing I do is I have a big, almost a liter of lemon water, just half a lemon squeezed into water, really simple. And that just helps my body um, detoxify, flush out all the stuff that has been processing through the night. Um, and then I wait half an hour. I have actually, I'll go and meditate for 20 minutes. I do Vedic meditation technique. Mm-hmm. Then I have a celery juice and then I do yoga. Um, I have a shower, I have breakfast. You've got more time for those things when you're up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. You, you can yeah. do all those things and it's not even 7 yet. So. That's right. And of course, you know, everyone's got a different situation. Now, when I'm in Bondi, for example, I'm with my son mm. and usually just the two of us. So I'm doing daddy duty. So life's different then. Yeah. But I will get up a bit earlier. I will just get as much as done as I can. And when I've finished dropping him to school, I'll finish my yoga or I'll do my meditation because I don't want to sit down and do my work unless my mind, my body, my spirit, my soul has been nourished. Right. And, you know, coming back to the physical, even just diet, you know, just the simplest things around diet is having a diet that consists of majority whole food plants. You know, whether you're a hundred percent whole food plant based 90%, you know, that's the sort of range you want to be. The science is out there. It proves that that's how you have a long, healthy life is not to eat too many animal products. Mm. Um, 
And that last 10%, it's a personal decision whether you want to be, you know, 100% or not. But the most important thing is whole foods, real foods, not out of packets, organic. Give your body what it needs, you know, in terms of nourishment. Um, I mean, this, these are such simple, basic things, but we can get into such advanced things sometimes. And I can go there all the way into biohacking, medicinal mushrooms. I can do all that stuff. And I do. But none of that matters if we're not addressing the most simple things. And totally. I think I heard a, a saying a few weeks. Oh, I think it was a um, Jordan Peterson statement or something. He said, you know, everyone wants to change the world, but most people haven't even made their bed in the morning. You know? yeah. And that's true. Right. how many people just need to drink more pure water right? and, and just the basics. And it's, it's beautiful because I'm sort of reflecting on all of my kind of notes that I had to ask you about. And I had all these things that I wanted to dive into sort of, entrepreneurship journey and success tips and as you're talking about rediscovering yourself through your music and as you're talking about your daily routine I'm realizing with beautiful irony that this is the exact these are the exact success habits and this is entrepreneurship journey that that is so perfectly shining through in all of this it's yeah it doesn't have to be the complicated tips and tricks it's actually mastering those fundamentals and the real you know, authentic human side of things as well. So, sorry, um, that was just a beautiful re reflection I was having through the conversation as you were talking. So the lemon water, the Vedic meditation, really nurturing your body and, 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 and sleep and eating whole foods. What else are your sort of other non-negotiables? Time in nature is a non-negotiable for me. And today, for example, I have a couple of pretty big deadlines <laughs> staring at me at the moment. One of them is a book, which we can talk about, which is incredibly um, perfectly targeted towards your audience, I think actually, but um, nature time is so important because even though I have a lot happening today, I knew from 12 to one thirty I was going to be in, the, in nature, in the sun, having a swim, eating my lunch in the sun, because if I don't take that time, I don't like, I just know what it's like to lose my health. I'm not going to take the chance again. Yeah. And so no deadline, no job, no nothing for me is more important than staying balanced and getting sun on your skin keeps you in tune with the rhythms of nature. It's so simple, right? Mm. Um, when you do all these things, and I've had that beautiful, healthy, nourishing lunch. I've had my son. I've had a swim. I've been drinking, you know, beautiful filtered water. I made a ginger water overnight, which is just grated ginger in water in the fridge that it's seep, and then you drain it in the morning. Um, and you have this incredibly refreshing ginger water, which is proven, you know, scientifically to do so much for you on so many levels. Um, all these little things become just normal, just how you do your day. And it's what sets you up for success. Because if you don't have your health why be successful what's the point mm -hmm. it's a big price to pay that a lot of people pay isn't it 100 percent. you know when when we're healthy we have hundreds of goals but when we're sick we only have one which is to get well right so you're mm. really maintaining that that fundamental element that i think so many of us take for granted and um and it's so important as a really powerful reminder and so let's now talk about the, the book that you're co-creating with your wife melissa what's the intention for this book and and what have you learned through the process of writing it as well it's an interesting process because melissa's already had two best-selling books and you know she's very established as an author and we she actually had done a book deal on a different book um, and then I said to her, you know what? I've just got this feeling 
that there's something we can do together because a lot of the time we would have friends come over um, or questions through the podcast, whatever it was, but little triggers that were telling us the things we were doing every single day that were just habit to us were like revelations to people, even just the way that we manage our productivity, for example. And I forgot that I've gone through, I mean, I'm just a streamlining, optimizing perfectionist. Like I, I love it. So I have figured out ways to squeeze the most out of life with the least effort. And that comes from leverage. And the leverage comes from having a great team, but also from using technology, not to overwhelm, but to actually liberate. And so we decided to do a book, which was all about reclaiming your life because on average, we have about 79 years. That's it. 79 years on this planet for the average person. And when you actually break down how we spend our time, whether it's 11 years working, five years on social media, four years on email, two years sitting on the toilet, you know, all those years sleeping, you know, you break it down. There's literally like two years left for the average person. Mm. That's scary. Right. And I, I heard these statistics at a talk once and I thought that's shocking. And it really sort of woke me up and I thought, how can we help people reclaim some of those years? Right. And a lot of that just comes from number one, optimizing your life, like working out ways to get rid of a lot of things that suck the, the life out of you, literally. Um, whether it's retiring from email, which I've done, and I, I teach in the book, or just getting to inbox zero every day really quickly, which I teach as well. Um, productivity systems that we use, everything that we do every single day, cleaning up the clutter in your mind and your spaces, um, whether it's physical or emotional. And literally getting your life to a point where it's so streamlined that you are completely set up. And then we go into money mindsets, um, managing your money, investing, setting up passive income streams, and then leading a legacy for yourself. And then the book really shows you in each chapter how many years you can get back if you literally just complete the tasks in the chapter. Wow. And when is the book coming out? September 2020. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I'm on, I'm on deadline cause Melissa's so efficient and she's written most of her parts and I'm, you know, a long way behind cause I have so many other things I'm working on. Yeah. Um, but it's a really, really fantastic book. I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be a game changer for a lot of people. It sounds incredible. And so is it all top secret or is there any kind of quick productivity t- tips that you could share with <laughs> Well, I mean, I have in the process of writing this really had to drill down and refine things because where you can go and read a book that's, you know, a whole book on productivity, I've set out to go, okay, how do I actually give a productivity system in one sentence Mm. and then explain it in one page? You know, like they're the sorts of details I've I've aimed for in this book and successfully done, which is amazing because I never thought I'd be able to nail a productivity system in one page, but it works and it's what I do. It's what I do. But I mean, just some simple things, for example, like get rid of your written diary and start using digital apps, right? Because it's, <laughs> that's leverage. It's so much more efficient. And if you want a recommendation, we use the app called Things. Yes. I heard you talking about that in one of your podcasts and mm. I downloaded it as a result. And it's so simple, but what is your, what is your tip for using that effectively? Well, things was created around the system called getting things done, which is a whole book. Ah, and who wrote that? Jim, David Allen. 
yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's been on Melissa's podcast? So you're welcome to listen to her show because it's a really great interview. Mm-hmm. And I respect David Allen's. Uh, he, it changed my life, to be honest. It really changed my life. Literally, that one thing: understanding how to be productive, cleaning out my entire life, and knowing that everything is captured in a safe place. It frees up my mental space, so I'm not carrying things in my head. I know it's captured in a system. But I set out to simplify it even further. But for now, I would say getting the app things and reading getting things done or even a summary version of getting things done literally will change your life, 100%. Um, And then little things like emails. Do not sit there with your email open all day, you know. Put aside times, if you can, depending on your work, put aside times where you are batching it, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at the end of the day, and you were just in and you are out. And I've got app recommendations and all sorts of things that we talk people through how to use within Gmail that make it so much more efficient, so much more efficient. It's unbelievable. Um, and then, of course, I, you know, I teach how to retire from email, which is what I've personally done because it was consuming my world. So I thought this has to change. And I've figured out a system and I've taught that. Um, but just getting into a system, not a long to-do list because to-do lists don't work, but an actual system that moves you forward, really, really important. And I, and I appreciate that the book also covers building a legacy because once you've created all of that space and you're not reacting and, and dealing with emails and interruptions and things like that, then all of a sudden, I think as, as humans, when we have all of this space and freedom that we haven't had before there can be that question of like okay well what do I do now (laughs) so 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 contemplating and having steps for helping people to build that legacy I think is a really important point it sounds almost like you know an updated 2020 version obviously with your flavor of the four-hour work week but but much more advanced now for the modern you know that that's now what 15 20 years old now is it yeah, to be honest, that is one of our main inspirations references. Yeah. Um, this is just completely jam-packed, full of things that will move you forward. It's there's so much value in this book. It's unbelievable. But it's if you think about the uh, four-hour work week mixed with maybe a Tony Robbins book mixed with um, the Barefoot Investor, it's kind of in that world. Oh. Um, it's really exciting. Beautiful combination. Amazing. Oh, look, yeah. I think there's just been so many really poignant and uh, very, I think, eye-opening points in this discussion. And I really appreciate you sharing the, the, the small, subtle things that you do, but also the incredibly amazing things that, that, you, that you're doing. And I suppose my question to you now is, if you could say something to Nick who was working in real estate and working six days a week and on his phone while his son was trying to play cricket with him that could help him to get to this Nick that's here today, what advice would you give to him? What would you say to him? I would say, and as, as I don't want to say cheesy, but it sort of sounds cheesy, but to say, follow your heart. Mm. Do what your heart desires because that is where joy and love and bliss resides. And I feel like so many people, when I ask them those, that question, they, they say a similar thing, oh, it sounds so cheesy, but it's, it's what you would have needed to hear. Why do you think for so many people and a lot of listeners listening to this, they know what their heart wants, but there's that fear. What, what would you say to that? I think there's two things. There's fear. 
I think fear is a big component of it, but I think as well, there's just the practicalities of it. Yeah. You know, like there's bills to pay, mortgages to pay, school fees, food. There's just things that have to be taken care of. And so you have to find a way to do it that's responsible, that doesn't go and create a whole bunch of extra stress for yourself. And that can be done. For me personally, I'm sort of an all-in, you know, sort of guy. And I will just drop one thing and go all-in. And if I fail, then I fail. But I learned so much from that, that next time I don't fail as big. And then eventually I've had the lessons that I needed to get and I'm succeeding. But I do think fear and the practicalities. So with the fear side of it, just know that the biggest thing you should fear is not doing it. (laughs) Completely agree. Yeah, You're right. Um, I mean, the practical side of things, do it in a way that feels true and good to you. But whatever you do, do it. Mm. Even if it's just you dedicate one hour a day, whether it's when you get home from work or before you go to work or in your lunch hour, dedicate an hour a day to doing that thing and moving it one step closer. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a, a perfect point to leave it on. And your latest single has been released as well. Can you let the audience know what that is? And I'll put the links to it as well in the show notes. What is the latest single that's out? Yeah, my latest single is called Inner Love. And it's a song I wrote. It's reflecting back on a period in my life where I was actually depressed. And the song is about my journey out of depression. But having said that, again, it can mean anything to anyone. Um, I'm really proud of it. It's a really beautiful track. And the music video is stunning as well. Um, I'm something I'm very proud of. So you can head to uh, YouTube or Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music, you'll be able to find that song and watch the music video on YouTube. Mm, yeah, the music video is very intense and even just the, the markings on your body that get left by the woman mm. in the video, it, it's, yeah, very um, beautiful. It's sort of, it, it's like a, a, a theatrical art experience because we're getting the music, but we're also getting the visual journey through it as well, which I think adds to the emotional elements of it too. So yeah, very, very powerful. So highly recommend that you jump on and and watch it as well as listen to that later single. So thank you so much, Nick, for your time and your energy and who you are in this world and everything that you are doing. And obviously everything that both you and Melissa are doing, co-creating as well, all of the magic that you both do. And is there any last advice, anything else you'd love to share with listeners before we wrap up? I would just honestly say that, as I said before, in terms of, you know, doing what your heart desires, uh, really tune in and create space for yourself each day, whether it's through meditation or yoga or some sort of practice that brings you back to your center, tune in, in those moments to feel into what your life could feel like if you were doing that thing that you really know you're born to do and hold that space every day until it becomes real. Perfect place to end. Thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you, Juliet. I really appreciate it. That's this week's episode from Relaunch My Life Radio, live from Australia. Visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. And remember, it's never too late to relaunch your life.